Assalamu alaikum. You're listening to exclusive content brought to you by Seekers Guidance. We are committed to make reliable Islamic knowledge accessible and free of charge. Help us in our mission by making a small donation at seekersguidance.org slash donate. Even $10 a month can go a long way. La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم مبارك على سيدنا ونبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم الحمد لله الحمد لله we have reached an important chapter and really every chapter of this book is an important chapter because there's fundamental to upholding the sunnah of the Prophet outwardly and inwardly in our lives and this chapter from the Book of Assistance of Imam al-Haddad is on fulfilling social duties. On fulfilling social duties. And social duties um, are a key element of our deen because what are the standards by, of religiosity? What are the standards of religiosity? Religion has two components to it. Or religious practice has two components to it. One is your relationship with Allah, and that is expressed through the acts of devotion and through observing the limits of, of Allah between yourself and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the second half of religion is your relationship with Allah's creation, fulfilling the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's creation. And of the two, the bigger test is the bigger test is your relating to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's creation because if you get serious about religion the acts of devotion any intelligent person would find an inclination towards them or should now we all have our whims and our wayward ways but it makes sense you pray you benefit you get used to prayer you will incline towards something that's a benefit for you. That's just the nature of the human being. So you pray, once you get used to it, you'll find an inclination towards it. But dealing with Allah's creation is the bigger test. Why? Because people were created to be annoying. Right? So, Our relations with people, the Prophet said, The believers most perfect in faith are those best in character. In the hadith in Tirmidhi, the Prophet said, The people closest to me in the hereafter shall be those who are best in character. That the actions weightiest on the scales on the day of judgment is good character. So this is part, our social duties are part of our deen. And the key to social duties are that you deal with Allah's creation, seeking the pleasure of the creator. That you deal with creation, seeking the pleasure of the creator. And how do you seek the pleasure of the creator in dealing with creation? It is by three essential qualities 
which are number one, upholding good character. The Prophet said, Deal with people on the basis of good character. That's number one. Number two is to uphold being true in word and deed. Sidq. And number three is amana, is to fulfill trusts and responsibilities, to be trustworthy. The Prophet summarized number two and number three in one hadith, to relate it by Imam Ahmad and others. He said, There is no faith in one who is not trustworthy. And there's no religion in one who does not fulfill their commitments. And then the Prophet said, Be true for being for be, for being true leads to virtue, and virtue leads to paradise. And beware of being untrue, being lying or deceitful. Um, for being untrue leads to vice, and vice leads down to hell. Right? So these are the these are keys. Upholding good character sincerely for Allah with, in dealing with creation, being true in word and trustworthy in deed. And if you do that, and, and part of trustworthiness is fulfilling the rights of others. No, everyone has a right over you, and every circumstance has a right over you. And the Prophet said, Give all who have a right their due right. So Al-Haddad rahimahullah says, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on him and bless and benefit us through him, um, through his teachings and guidance and wisdom. He says rahimahullah, um, it is incumbent upon you to uphold justice with all those you are responsible for. Okay? This is your ra'iya, those who are whom you have responsibility for, whether specifically or generally. And whether specifically or generally. And he'll mention what is meant by specifically and what is meant by generally in a moment. And to have complete guarding of their rights and carefully take, and being careful in taking good care of their rights for Allah Most High will ask you regarding them for Allah Most High will ask you regarding them and he quotes the hadith of the Prophet and each person and each person will be asked about those under their custody each person will be asked about those under their custody. Right? And this is a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, that each of you is a shepherd and each of you is responsible for their flock. Right? And each person is responsible for their flock. Right? So, now this is a beautiful meaning. Now when we consider each of you is a shepherd and each of you is responsible for their flock, so who, whom are we responsible for? So he says, so he said, you have to take care of those you're responsible for specifically and generally. So he says, 
And what I mean by, tho by those you're responsible for specifically, your seven limbs. Because each of you is a shepherd and each of you is responsible for their flock. Your immediate flock is you. Why? Because you are made up of seven limbs. What are your seven limbs? Your heart, your tongue, your eyes, your hands, your feet, your desires, your ears. Right? So these seven limbs, you are responsible for them. So when we think you're responsible for your flock, we only think about other people. No, who's the first person you're responsible for? Yourself. And you have these seven limbs. limbs. But you also have different tendencies within you. We have within us an intellect by which, you know, which thinks benefit and harm, profit and loss, cheap, expensive. You know, the intellect thinks. But we also have the heart which yearns yearns for Allah or yearns for people, right? We have a soul which knows Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In many of us, it's dormant, the, the ruh. But we also have lower tendencies, right? So we have the intellect, we have higher tendencies, our heart, our soul. We have lower tendencies, which is our sinful desires. We have our whims, right? Our Shahwa and our, you know, of our nafs, our desires, of our self. We have our whims and caprice, which is called hawa, just because. So we have all these tendencies. So we have to carefully guard these. And he says these seven limbs are your tongue and your hearing and your sight and your stomach and your desires and your hand and your feet. Because each of these limbs is under your custody. Allah has granted you to them to take good care of them for the sake of Allah. And they're a trust that you have been entrusted with. They're a trust that you have been entrusted with. So it is your responsibility that you keep what Allah has entrusted you with away from the disobedience of Allah. And you're responsible for using what Allah has gifted you and trusted you with to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For Allah Most High only created them for you. Why did He grant you these limbs? Why did He grant you your sight by which you see, the tongue by which you speak, the hand by which you take things? Why did He create desires within you? All these tendencies, He only created them within you, He says, so that you may obey Allah through them. And these limbs are of the greatest blessings of Allah upon you. And gratitude for the gift of these blessings is that you obey Allah through them and that you not disobey Him with any of them. If, says Imam al-Haddad, if you leave doing so, if you leave obeying Him through these blessings, and you don't engage in his obedience through them, then you have inverted Allah's blessing upon you and denied 
It's a, it's a, and denied the blessing. Right? Because denial can be through refusing to accept, but also through refusing to acknowledge the blessing. What is the acknowledgement of the blessing? It's to use it in accordance with the command of Allah. So he says, and were Allah not to have granted you these limbs and granted you control over them, you would not have been able to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you would not have been able to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with any of them. And in reality, says Imam al-Haddad, every limb of yours is saying to you with the tongue of its state, if you seek to act in disobedience, each limb, as it were, is saying, O servant of Allah, have taqwa of Allah. Do not make me do something that Allah has prohibited for me. Right? And if you disobey Allah with that limb, the limb returns to Allah and says, and the limb says, O Lord, I told your servant not to disobey you, but it did not listen to me. I have nothing to do with what this servant of yours has done. And then one day you will stand before your Lord, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, on the day of resurrection, and each of your limbs will speak out, either giving witness for you, for the good that you've done, or bearing witness against you, we ask Allah for well-being, or bearing witness against you from the evil that you have done on that day. Right? And this is mentioned in the Quran, that that day there is no fleeing from, for you from Allah. And you have no way that day to deny um, and Allah subhanahu wa also says in the Quran that day when neither wealth nor offspring will benefit one. The only benefit that day will be one who comes to Allah with a sound heart. It's from the Quran. And so this is the personal guarding that you need to uphold. And he's talked about the method of that guarding previously, when he talked about having taqwa, when it have when he talked about having vigilance, muraqaba, when he talked about upholding the sunnah, when he walked talked about having spiritual routines, all those safeguard us from the wayward tendencies of ourself and ensure that the obedience of Allah happens in our life. And then he, now, so that's your immediate responsibility. Is your, the responsibility over to be a shepherd to yourself and all your limbs and tendencies. And then he says, regarding social duties, and what I mean by taking care of your public duties, 
is those whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has granted you responsibility over, such as your children and your spouse and your servants, or in our case, if you have employees, for example, or other people who work with you or for you in, in a non-profit or you know, like in, in the community, if you are in a position of leadership, then the people working under you, you have responsibilities over them. And your duty upon those you have responsibility over is that you guide them towards fulfilling what Allah has made obligatory upon them. Is that you guide them towards what Allah has made obligatory upon them of His obedience and to make them aware of what Allah has forbidden from for them of His disobedience. This and beware lest you overlook with respect to them in leaving an obligatory deed because you are responsible. You have responsibility over them. So whether you're a husband or a wife or a parent. Um, you have, or you're in a situation of leadership, you have responsibility for those or whom, who you've been entrusted with. It says, and beware of just excusing them when it comes to leaving something that Allah has made obligatory or in their being neglectfully, in their falling into what Allah has made prohibited. Because this connects with the previous lesson on commanding the good and forbidding the wrong. The most incumbent commanding the good and forbidding the wrong is over those you are responsible for. Because you can't be negligent of what they're up to. And then he says, and call them to that which will be their salvation and their eternal felicity in the hereafter. Udru ila sabili rabbik. Call to the way of your Lord. With wisdom. And with beautiful reminder. And it says, and make good their adab, make ahsin, strive to make good their propriety. So instill within them the concern for good and instill in them the capacity to act and respond with the right attitude and conduct to any situation. Every moment and every situation has an adab. And do not plant in the hearts of those whom you're responsible for the love of worldliness and the love of its desires, lest you be wronging them unwittingly. Right? And it has come in tradition that a person's family and children will drag onto, will latch onto them on the day of resurrection when they're standing before Allah saying, Oh Lord, this is the one who didn't tell us what you made obligatory upon us of your rights. So take them account on our behalf for what they failed to do. And so it's a responsibility that one needs to take seriously, but with mercy, with good character, with wisdom, with purpose. Be, you have to be a shepherd to them. So he explains how you deal with them. So you, there are people you are responsible for, 
And you have to uphold that responsibility. Each of you is a shepherd and each of you is responsible for their flock. So he explains, and it's incumbent upon you to deal with them with fairness and with virtue. Bil adli wal fadl. With an adl can be translated as justice or fairness or with rightful balance. And that's our sense of justice. It is a rightful balance. Wal-fadl and nobility, virtue, which is to be more giving and less demanding. And Maladl asks for fairness, it is that you fulfill their rights fully. All the rights that Allah has made obligatory upon you to fulfill with respect to them, of providing for them properly and to clothe them properly and to deal with them in with good right and from the the justice and fairness that is obligatory is that you prevent some of them from wronging others so if you have two siblings for example if you have two children that you don't allow one child to wrong another so i didn't do it no as a parent you're responsible not only to to be just to them but not to allow them to be unjust to one another. Right? Um, and that you take care that the one wronged gain their rights from the one wronging. And, and it's come in a, in a prophetic tradition that it may well be that a servant is recorded with Allah as being an oppressor and all they have responsibility for is their family by either them not fulfilling the rights of their family or allowing the family themselves to wrong each other and then he says ask for virtue so that's justice that you know what rights your spouse your children others that you have you know your uh, employees, for example, um, if you're in a situation of leadership, those working under you in an organization or a project, what they are responsible for and fulfilling that right fully. Um, as for virtue, he says, it is that you do not virtue or fadl which is nobility or virtue is that you you are not over demanding in seeking the rights that you have over them that you not be over demanding in seeking the, the rights that Allah has rightfully granted you over them right so let's say once in a while they're grumpy with you they're rude they forget something. Don't be over demanding. And that you be gentle with them. And that you deal with them on the basis of noble character, which are the prophetic qualities of character. And that once in a while, you be expansive with them. Either expansive with them in giving them generously. Once in a while, you don't spoil them either or to be expansive with them in 
coming down to their level and joking with them, etc. So you maintain the respect, but you create that love and intimacy uh, without falling into any sin or harm, right? Uh, because this removes any sense of alienation between you as, a, as the one responsible as a parent or, or as a leader and those under you. But while maintaining respect um, for them. And then, and then he's, so this is important, right? That in dealing with people, you need to know that they have, you have rights, they have rights over you, and you must fulfill those rights properly, fully. You have rights over them, but don't be too demanding in fulfilling those rights. And be generous with them, both with your time, with your wealth, with your attention, and sometimes come down to their level while maintaining dignity and respect towards you. Um, and he says, and it is important for you to excuse, excuse them if they fall into error, and if they make mistakes that you overlook them. And this is particularly when those mistakes are forgetful. They made a mistake, right? Um, and says inwardly, you should consider them fully excused. If they wronged you in your wealth or in anything else, because that will, you'll find that in your scale of good deeds, right? Because you should not be in a situation where you attain reward from them, but you are cause for them to be punished. And the Messenger of Allah asked, um, how many errors should one excuse of, of a servant each day? And, um, and it is reported, the Prophet ﷺ said, 70, 70 errors a day. Allahu A'lam. Right? And says, and this forgiving relates only to your rights. As for the rights of Allah, then you have to hold them to account. Right? And he says, and be careful, and addressing men here, says, be careful to be to pay special attention to the women of your household with special care and special attention because they need your attention to take care of their interests and their religious needs. So you must teach them the religious rulings, such as the rulings related to menstruation and religious obligations um, related to you know, all the aspects of religion, of the of tahara and prayer and fasting and what are their rights and responsibilities and so on whether you're able to teach them yourselves or facilitating for them that learning right with wisdom of course and right conduct right so this is with with respect to one's private duties right one's private so one's public duty so there's circles of responsibility. There's your 
you, you are responsible firstly over yourself. Secondly, you're responsible over the people you have immediate responsibility for. And he says, and it may be that Allah grants you responsibility over some of his servants in a particular manner, such as if he grants you political leadership, or if you are a scholar, for example, and each shepherd is responsible for their flock. Allah Most High says, Allah commands to fairness and excellence. Right? And to give to those who are close. And He forbids. And He forbids vileness and wrong and transgression. And the Prophet said, um, that, O oh Allah, whoever is granted leadership, authority over the affairs of my community in any way and is gentle with them, be gentle with them. And whoever is, is hard on them, then be hard on, on him. And the Prophet ﷺ related to have said, there is no no one in authority who dies on the, on the day that hearts die in a state of cheating or wronging the people he is responsible for except that Allah makes paradise forbidden for them. And there's many hadiths warning against wronging those you are responsible for. So this is, and there's a beautiful letter that Imam al-Haddad wrote to an Indian prince, actually an Indian prince of African origin, um, who was also one of those who aided uh, Aurangzeb. And if you look for a letter to an Indian prince by Imam al-Haddad, there's a beautiful lesson um, taught by Sheikh Amin Buxton. You can find it on the Seeker's Guidance page. Um, and then he says, and this is from your public, your social duties, you must hold fast to being virtuous to your parents. Birrul walidain. Right? Being dutiful or being virtuous to your parents. Because it is of the most incumbent of obligations. And beware lest you wrong them. For it is of the worst of enormities, worst of major sins. Allah Most High tells us in the Qur'an, وَقَضَى رَبُّكَ أَلَّا تَعْبُدُوا إِلَّا إِيَّاهِ Your Lord has decreed, has enjoined, that you worship none but Him. وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا And with parents, be, have excellence. And it's from Surah Al-Isra, I believe it's around verse 21 to 24. It summarizes the duties towards parents. To have excellence towards parents. If one or both of them reach old age, then don't rebuke them and do not be harsh with them, but rather say to them noble and dignified words um, and lower to them the wing of humility out of mercy and pray for them. O Lord, have mercy on them as they raised me when I was small. And then Allah Most High says, and 
and that you be grateful to me and to your parents. So look, says Imam al-Haddad, how Allah joined the command to be excellent to, to both parents with the command to believe in him alone. And he joined being grateful to parents with being grateful to him, mighty and majestic. Um, so hold fast, says Imam al-Haddad, to seeking the good pleasure of your parents and to listen to what they tell you to do as long as it is not sinful and to keep away from anything they prohibit you from unless it is from your obligatory duties right? and strive to prefer them over yourself and to give precedence of their needs over your own needs and we have many answers on seekers and resources on on the rights of parents and this is one of the important religious duties and then he explains some aspects of of fulfilling the rights of parents he says and from wronging one's parents is that you hurt them by keeping from them anything that you can make reach to them of good right so if they're in financial need and you're able to assist them, failing to assist them, for example, um, or they need your help and you don't help them. So, so, what, so he says, so what about, so if you, it's from being bad to parents to hurt them by not facilitating for them what they need. So, he says, so what about um, making ill faces to them or speaking ill to them? For the, the Messenger of Allah said, um, the, the, the scent of paradise can be found from a thousand years traveling distance away from paradise. But it will not found by someone who, who um, is who wrongs their parents or who breaks family ties, nor by an elderly fornicator, nor one who lengthens their clothing out of arrogance. Um, for haughtiness belongs to Allah alone. And the Messenger of Allah said, whoever wakes up, whoever begins the day pleasing to their parents, but displeasing to me, I will remain pleased with them. And whoever wakes up displeasing their parents, but pleasing me, I will be displeased with them. Meaning that someone, you know, who wakes up um, doing, fulfilling all the rights of Allah, but not fulfilling the rights of their parents, Allah will hold them to that. Because Allah is forgiving and merciful. Um, and so if someone falls short in fulfilling the rights of Allah, but they're good to their parents, Allah may well forgive their shortcomings. This is not someone who just disregards the rights of Allah, but someone who does everything to fulfill the rights of Allah, but does not fulfill the rights of the parents, 
right, through lack of concern and negligence, one will still be under the displeasure of Allah. Um, it's common hadith that Allah fi walidain. The good pleasure of Allah is found in the good pleasure of one's parents. Of course, within the bounds of reason and fairness and justice on their part as well. It says, and it's incumbent upon a child to assist um, their parents um, in being, so it's, sorry, it's incumbent upon the parents to assist their children in being virtuous to them by not being too demanding upon them and not seeking their rights excessively. And Imam al-Haddad says this centuries ago. He says, particularly in our times in which virtue has become rare and the presence of evil has become widespread. And Imam al-Haddad is speaking centuries ago in a blessed valley, in the blessed city of Tarim, right, which is one of the great centers of learning and virtue and righteousness even in our times. But he said, in comparison to the early centuries of Islam, he said that especially in a time when the presence of virtue has become rare and evil and wrong has become widespread. And he says, and a child will be and, and he says, and now we have reached a time, says Imam al-Haddad, that a, a parent will consider the most virtuous of his children, the one who does not, who's just not bad to them. Whereas the Messenger of Allah said, and, and he's admonishing parents, that don't be over demanding on your children. Right? Be careful to take care of their rights fully, to instill khayr in them, and don't be over expectant um, that they deal with you with, um, with everything that is rightfully yours. Um, and the, it says in the Prophet ﷺ said, May Allah have mercy on a parent who assists their children in being good to them. So if they don't call you, just give them a call. Right? Give them a call. If they don't, you know, if they don't come and visit, cook food for them and invite them over. Right? Let's make it easy for them. Right? Um, and he says, and it's important for you, he says, to maintain ties of family, Pay, prioritizing those closest and then those closest. So parents come, so the most important responsibility you have is to your spouse and then your children. And then to your parents. Then after that, you know, your parents and your grandparents, then to your siblings, then to your uncles and aunts, immediate uncles and aunts, then to your cousins, then to your nephews and nieces, and that way in expanding circles, right? Um, and likewise to have excellence with one's neighbors, the closest and then the closest. Allah Most High tells us in the Quran, submit to Allah and don't associate part, any partner with Him and have excellence to your parents and also to your relatives and to orphans and the needy and the immediate neighbor to the close neighbor and then the next door neighbor and the one after that and Allah Most High 
has commanded us in many places in the Quran to have excellence towards one's relatives in his noble book. And Allah's Messenger said that charity to one's relatives is both charity and maintaining ties. So it has two meanings of reward. And the Prophet said, whoever believes in Allah in the last day, let them maintain ties of family. And in another hadith, the Prophet said, whoever believes in Allah in the last day, let them honor their neighbors. And let them be generous and giving and respectful to their neighbors. And the Prophet said, Jibreel continued to remind me and advise me to take care of the rights of the neighbor until I, I thought that he would say that the neighbor would inherit from me. And he says, and maintaining ties of family and, be, um, and being good to neighbors cannot be complete unless one fully desists from harming them. Number one. And they say that's the beginning of adab. Do no harm. And number two, and unless you bear some of their hurt. Right? So you cannot fulfill the rights of family and, and, and you cannot be a good neighbor un, unless you do no harm to them and you bear some of their harm. And that you strive to do good to them to the extent of your ability. The Messenger of Allah said, the one who maintains ties is not the one who merely reciprocates. Rather, the one who maintains ties is the one who when others cut off ties with them, still strives to maintain ties. And the Messenger said, make yourselves accustomed to doing good when people do good. And make yourselves accustomed to not doing, acting wrongfully when other people act wrongfully. And then he says, and all success is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is an important chapter on social duties and you see how Imam al-Haddad arranged it. You're for, you, you have responsibilities over others. But the first responsibility you have is that you, because what is your heart, reality? You are a living soul. This living soul that is you has responsibility for some limbs that you have been entrusted with. Then, so that's the first level of care. Then you have responsibilities for others. Your spouse, your children, then your parents, then your family members, and you may be in a situation of public leadership, whether at work, or in the community, or as a scholar, or as a political leader, and you must be careful to act with we emphasize with good character, to be true in word, to be trustworthy indeed, to fulfill all trusts, to know the rights of others and to strive to fulfill them completely and to facilitate for them to fulfill the rights of Allah and not to be over demanding in fulfilling your rights. A key to that is what the Prophet said, وَخَالِقِ النَّاسَ بِخُلُقٍ حَسَنٍ and deal with people on the basis of good character وصلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم والحمد لله رب العالمين tomorrow 
Ustaz Amjad will be looking at a beautiful chapter, which is, and a very important chapter on loving for Allah and hating for Allah. And this is a really beautiful chapter, so do join us tomorrow at the same time, 7.45 p.m. Uh, Toronto time. Wassalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Thank you for listening. This lesson was brought to you by Seekers Guidance, the world's first truly global Islamic seminary. Visit seekersguidance.org to access reliable Islamic knowledge taught by qualified teachers. We offer a wide range of courses, podcasts, articles, and a world-class answer service, all completely free of charge. This is made possible solely by supporters like you. Be a partner in this blessed work by making a small donation at seekersguidance.org. Even $10 a month can go a long way. Our beloved Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, said, Whoever guides someone to goodness will have a similar reward. So don't forget to share this lesson and join us in spreading prophetic guidance.